This is the Washington Indivisible Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Cox. We all know the danger that disinformation poses online. Everything from Russian election interference to the big lie in January 6th are the direct result of disinformation. But how do we fight back? Well, two and a half years ago, Indivisible introduced Truth Brigade. It's a group of volunteers who actively counter disinformation, and you can get involved with a kickoff event this Wednesday, February 8th at 3.30 p.m. Pacific. And here to talk more about it is the person who spearheaded Truth Brigade, Indivisible Senior Manager in the Network Support Department, Jody Ryan. Hello, Jody. How are you? Hello, Stefan. I'm good. Very glad to be here. Well, I'm glad that you're here as well. And we're very excited to talk about this because I think when it comes to the subject of disinformation online, a lot of people can be feel powerless, not quite sure how to plug in to this uh, issue. And so I'll just let's just start here. Since I mentioned this is your brainchild, where did the idea for Truth Brigade come from? Thanks. Uh, thanks for asking that. And I should say that um, I've been passionate about this topic for many years. Um I would say that the actual creation of the Truth Brigade, I had a big part in and a lot of other people did too, just to not make that all me. But basically, um, it was a confluence of a lot of things. I'll start with me and then branch out. So I came to activism late in life. Um, I was always somewhat active, but my professional career for a long time, decades actually, was in book publishing and in publishing nonfiction books. And I worked directly with journalists a lot. And so protecting the fourth estate, has always been kind of a personal um, passion, doesn't even feel like the, the biggest word. And so um, um, I, um, once the election of 2016 was underway, I realized it was time for me to make a career change so I could more directly impact the country. And so I started volunteering with Indivisible and then uh, became a staff member with Indivisible. So coming to Indivisible, I had the, you know, one of the things from the beginning was finding a way to protect journalists and to fight and counter disinformation. But it wasn't until I had been there a couple of years and attended a conference that I realized that the structure of Indivisible was uniquely situated to be able to mobilize a sort of a grassroots army of disinformation fighters. Because I went to a conference and I learned that one of the single most effective ways you can fight disinformation is person by person. It's peer to peer organizing, it's trusted messengers, and it's by um, opening minds. You know, it's not fighting back, it's not arguing with facts, it's um, persuading people who want to be persuaded but feel like there's. Um, you know, there's just been propagandized. And so with that realization, I took it back to Indivisible and found that so many of our Indivisible activists had very similar passions and so many people on staff also had wanted to find a way that we could effectively counter disinformation using the amazing network of volunteers that we already had. And so that's kind of how it started. And as I say, it was very much a team effort. Well, I love the approach and the way that you talk about how Indivisible is uniquely situated to take this on, because we all have, of course, our own personal network uh, on social media. Most of us do. And we'll talk in, in a second how uh, this works precisely. But, you know, I touched on this in the intro, and I would just love to get your take on this. Talk a little bit about the importance in your mind of, of fighting disinformation, or as you say, we're not fighting it, but we're certainly countering it, and, and especially on social media. How do you think about 
Well, I think about it very globally um, and historically because uh, disinformation has been the tool of tyrants and dictators pretty much throughout history. And without disinformation, I would say that usurping and holding power it's pretty much impossible outside of a military coup, 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 <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and that's because human beings, we all need to feel empowered, right? We all need to feel respected. We all need to feel heard. So we are not going to be participants in a system that disempowers us unless we've essentially been brainwashed through propaganda. And so when I think about disinformation, just generally, to me, it is foundational in protecting um, all of us individually and as um, um, societies. And then looking at social media, that's where things get uh, terribly concerning and dangerous. And that's because social media, obviously, as we all know, is the place where people who want to gain power, that's where they, that's where they um, recruit the troops, right? It's, um, you can reach so many people and just a side thing around the world, it's even worse than in um, America in terms of the lack of regulation and such. And so, um, you know, social media is a, such a, dangerous, dangerous tool, dangerous place. And I know we'll talk about this more, but, you know, you think about in, you know, other eras, uh, people who wanted to grab power did it, you know, they might put pamphlets down, you know, have airplanes where they had pamphlets that came out of the, uh, um, you know, I guess of this image of the pamphlets sort of flying out over the countryside. Um, and, uh, you know, other tools, but nothing as powerful as social media. And one other thing I'll say about social media is that to me, the biggest danger is how easy it is to mobilize people who uh, don't have bad intentions. And I think I, I want to emphasize, emphasize that a lot. Um, the fact that 85% of misinformation is spread inadvertently. So I'll just pause for a minute if we can all absorb that yeah i think that's actually something uh, really crucial to point out and you're talking about the the i think the difference the key difference between misinformation and disinformation disinformation mm -hmm. is more intentional than misinformation right exactly well so then let's talk about how this works how does truth brigade ultimately work brass tech what are some key tactics here sure so um one of the things is we for anything we do, we always um, uh, consult with people who live and breathe disinformation every day. So we have a team of outside consultants who are both monitoring uh, the ugly nastiness out there. You know, Can I just stop and say what a horrible job that must be? It's I know. Are you inside? They love the Truth Brigade because they can then find a way to fight back against this ugliness. So we have our, you know, experts come and speak on our calls all the time. And they're just, there's this like a light comes into their faces because, you know, waiting around in the mire of, you know, places like Truth Social or, um, Oh, I'm blanking out on the worst of them, but well, I sure, yeah. And then, I mean, take your pick ultimately, but yeah, point made. Yeah, um, and but that is what they do, and they also study every day the most powerful and meaningful tactics to counter disinformation, as I mentioned at the beginning of our chat. So um, we consult with our consultants, and then we identify the most damaging and viral disinformation, sort of in the moment. Um, 
And then we write internally a powerful and simple and strategic disinformation disrupting three-line message. So I'll say that again. So it might have been a little convoluted, but basically we figure out what's going on out there in the world. And then we put together a strategic message. And we call that message a truth sandwich. I should say that we didn't invent the term truth sandwich that came through George Lakoff, um, but love it. It's memorable. And then the volunteers in the Truth Brigade use that framework, the three lines, and then they write their own messages um, based on that framework, but making it personal and meaningful. And then they share those messages. Now they can share them on social media. They can share them offline as well. A lot of truth brigaders write letters to the editor using that three sentence framework. Um, people use it in conversation at the Thanksgiving dinner table with Uncle Fred. The, the way the messages are structured, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that um, later, makes it really easy to have a conversation in an environment that otherwise would be kind of threatening and difficult. So, um, but anyway, that's what they do. I'm wondering if you can give us kind of an example of how this works. Like you mentioned the truth sandwich, how does that work? So the truth sandwich is a three-part structure and based on an awful lot of research that an awful lot of wonderful people have done about how do people, how do you really persuade people um, and in any arena, you know, it might be a political arena, but it might be other areas as well. And so um, I think the underlying thing to keep in mind is that the Truth Brigade, as I mentioned, is not about arguing, right? It's about bringing people in and encouraging them to open their mind and do some critical thinking and independent thinking, because that's how people change their minds. They change their own minds. You don't change their minds for them. So the Truth Brigade structure is simple. It starts with finding common ground which I'm sure you've heard of before. Um, it's, you know, you find a bit of disinformation, identify, well, what are people afraid of in that disinformation? And then you find the common ground that everybody wants. So an example might be um, there's a COVID causes, COVID vaccinations cause infertility. That There's an example of disinformation. So when you look at that and say, well, what is the common ground there? What does everybody have in response to that fear? Well, the common ground is that everybody wants to be healthy. Right. Very, very simple. But if you open a conversation online or off with we all want to be healthy, then you haven't pushed people away. You've brought them in. So line one of the first of the truth sandwich is bringing people in. Line two of the truth sandwich is encouraging people to think for themselves. So we're not shouting. We're not saying this fact is wrong. Instead, it's something like, I wonder why someone would want to lie about the safety of covid vaccinations. So that's a very sort of generic um, middle of the sandwich. But we're trying to get people to, hmm, what is the motive of this messenger? So they start thinking and they start wanting to do their own fact checking. And then the third line of the true sandwich is something that's um, either action oriented or um, exciting and engaging. So we want people to take those two things, find common ground, start thinking, asking questions about it, do something about it. Maybe it's click on this link to learn more, as simple as that. Um, maybe it's, uh, it depends on what the message is actually. Okay, so you are finding common ground, you are asking questions, and then you're moving people to action, right? Exactly. We say discover the truth, 
disrupt the disinformation, and then dream the truth. That's how we remember it. I love alliterations. So, yeah, that, that always sticks in my head. Perfect. And so give us uh, some, some metrics here, if you can, of, of how this has worked. Sure. Um, so we've trained about 3,000 plus volunteers. Um, we have more than 6,000 people who have opted into the Truth Brigade. And on social media and Twitter alone, we've reached almost half a billion impressions. Wow. So proud of that because those are individuals sharing their messages. And some context for how to think about that is MIT did a study not too long ago where they found that one message on social media shared convinces 15% of people not to share disinformation. Isn't that amazing? So basically, MIT did a study where they asked people to check the source of disinformation and 15% of the people that they polled or that they in actual practice did not then share the disinformation. That is just so encouraging because, you know, I, I think a lot of people are, uh, I think we can get a little discouraged by the fact that uh, it's often hard to counter uh, disinformation with true information, but actually stopping at the source is a much better approach. So I love that. So give us a sense of what volunteers do uh, with uh, the Truth Brigade. And, and also, I think just people may be wondering, how much of a time commitment are we talking about? That's a great question. Um, I'll say, first off, all these things that I'm talking about, we have a lot of resources that we'll be glad to share with everyone, sort of simple step one, step two, step three, how to write a message, you know, what to do. So nobody has to remember everything that we're saying right now. Um, but basically, volunteers can pretty much do as little or as much as they like. Um, we're very you know, Indivisible is a very volunteer-focused organization, and we're so aware of all the demands on people's time and so respectful of anything anyone can do as a volunteer. So people can, if they want, if they're just curious about it, we have twice-monthly Big Truths webinars where um, they're on, you know, kind of big topics, sometimes have big names. If someone wants to just take an hour a month and just attend a webinar, that's plenty, you know, because what, what will happen is you'll learn stuff and that will inform how you engage with disinformation. And maybe you'll bring it back and tell a couple of other people who have more time um, for people who do have more time, kind of want to roll up their sleeves and actually start writing and sharing messages again, entirely up to you. We use automated message sharing um, software. And so that means you could just click on something that you like take 15 minutes once a week and click on what other people have posted if you're online and boom, that makes a big difference. You could take a little farther, maybe take a half an hour a week and write your own messages again using the software. That makes a big difference. It really, anything you do makes such a big difference. But you could also, and we have a lot of people who do this, people form message writing communities within their indivisible groups, which is super fun. Um, and so they get together like once a month and they write their disinformation countering messages and um, share them out with the world. You know, the more people do, the more effective we are, right? Because again, as I said, this is about peer to peer trusted messenger persuasion. And that only happens when there's a whole lot of us kind of sharing consistent messages, but personally 
Well, so many different ways to plug in. And I'll ask you about uh, Wednesday's kickoff event. But, you know, before I let you go, I, I do have to get your thoughts on uh, Trump being reinstated on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I think it's very fair to say that uh, Trump has been a, uh, let's call him a key driver of disinformation uh, during his political life. What are your thoughts? And in particular, how is Truth Brigade thinking about Trump's reemergence on social media? Well, Truth Brigade is, you know, has a little bit of a different focus in that the Truth Brigade is a nonpartisan organization um, or program, I should say. And um, we look at disinformation, as I mentioned, as a tool of fascists would be despots and anyone seeking power and wealth through triggering tribalism and fear mongering and dehumanization. Right. And so the Truth Brigade's work to educate people is long term. And regardless of who is doing the message sharing, it doesn't really change our, our philosophy that much. It's a matter of what the big concern is these platforms that are letting these voices on there need to be countered. We need to be on those platforms as well, sharing our inclusive but persuasive counter messaging. I love that. I absolutely love that. Well, so tell us about the upcoming kickoff event. So uh, it's basically just a, a kickoff for Truth Brigade. We call it 3.0, but it's it's the Truth Brigade. We're doing what we're doing and what's worked so well in the past. Um, and every year we take a look at the program and figure out what do we need to tweak, what do we need to improve, and what do we see happening in the next in the upcoming year. And so next Wednesday, we're going to have an hour-long webinar where we're going to be looking closely at some of the things that I've talked about here already but more specifically, what do we see happening out there in 2023 in the disinformation landscape? Um, uh, uh, spoiler alert, it's a big rebuilding year for the nastiness out there. We can see it happening. We see people, the um, disinformers and bad actors starting to focus on other avenues to lie to people, things like um, recruitment efforts among children, which is really scary, mm -hmm. um, Spanish language and other language focuses on disinformation. So there's a lot happening out there. So we're going to talk about that, and then we're going to just say some of the things I've said here, but in a slower and more instructional way, um, letting people know what the Truth Brigade is involved uh, involves and how to get active with the Truth Brigade. Terrific. Well, you have brought a wealth of information here, and we'll have a ton of links to share with folks in the show notes. Jody, thank you for all you do. Uh, we really appreciate it. And of course, thanks for, for coming on the show today. Stefan, thank you so much for having me here. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about disinformation and to encourage people to fight back because they can. And I'm so grateful for all the work that you're doing on all these different fronts and all the work that WINS is doing to make America a better place. So thanks again. Thanks, Jody. And that'll do it for this week. The executive producer of the show is Kat Pipkin. If you would like to see a video version of this podcast, head to facebook.com slash indivisible podcast. The email address for the show is indivisiblepodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Lori Kowal. And as always, my thanks to you for listening. I'm Stephen Cox, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.